two foundations of Pentecost dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. Father, we're thankful for the privilege we have to come before you. God, I pray that you would be with us during this time together. Lord, I pray that we would be open and receptive to hear what you would have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have been in a series on our worship and talking about our worship. And this morning we are going to be looking at a different aspect of our worship than what we often think about as worship. And so turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 22 and 23. And uh, often these verses, when we quote them and when we use them, we take them from the book of Matthew and uh, uh, look at Matthew's rendition because this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the beginning of His Sermon on the Mount, and uh, it is part of uh, what we commonly call the Beatitudes. Jesus says, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you. And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. In the series that we have been in, uh, we have endeavored to point out that our worship entails a lot more than what we commonly think of. Our worship is more than simply our praise. It is more than simply the raising of our hands, the clapping of our hands. It's more than just our words. Uh, there is a lot more to our worship. And part of worship that we seldom think of uh, and certainly not when, when we're gathered together in church and somebody says, let's all worship the Lord. We certainly don't think of it at that time, but part of our worship is persecution. And, uh, you know, uh, we, don't want, we don't like the idea of, well, let's all worship the Lord. All right, we're going to go stand in line at the firing squad, you know, or uh, we're going to all go get burned at the stake. But persecution is part of our worship. Persecution can take a lot of different forms. Uh, all persecution is not simply um, uh, the uh, martyrdom of Christians. It can take a number of different forms. Uh, and uh, sometimes persecution comes from within the church as well as from without of the church. Matter of fact, uh, it was the religious leaders that crucified Jesus. It was the Roman governor, Pilate, who sought to release Jesus. 
And so, so actually, uh, uh, the civil government uh, was less of a persecution to Christ than the religious leaders were. And so, um, uh, persecution can come from both within and without. There's a lot of people that think they're willing to die and say, you know, I would give my life for the cause of Jesus Christ. If it came to the point they stormed in the church and put guns to our heads and said, either deny Jesus Christ or we're going to shoot you, they said, I would, I would gladly stand up and say, I, you know, I, I, I will live for Jesus. And, and I will die for Him. The problem is a lot of these people, though they say they're willing to die for Jesus, aren't willing to live for Him. And really, when it comes down to it, a lot of them aren't quite as willing to die for Him as they think they are. Peter said that he would, he would die for Jesus. He said, if it came down to it, I'll die for you. And then when, when he was accused of being one of Jesus' followers, he denied he ever knew Him. And uh, uh, it's easy for us to be critical but a lot of us are the same. I mean, I mean, we found out in 2020 all the devil's got to do is whisper COVID and everybody runs scared and quits going to church. I mean, I mean, we just... And that's not to take away from, from uh, the seriousness of some diseases and, and, and some of that. But, but we found out that there's a lot of people that are willing to walk away when, there's, when there is any fear at all. And uh, in a lot of churches, there's people that never have returned after that. They walked away from, uh, from God during that time. And so, uh, persecution entails a lot, and it's part of our worship. First of all, when we look at the Scripture, we find that Jesus promised that there would be persecution. Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, and it says, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Matter of fact, we're not worshiping God as we ought to worship Him if we do not have some form of persecution. Again, persecution can come in different ways and in different levels and different uh, varieties. So I'm not saying that we all have to give our life for Jesus Christ. But if we're not upsetting the devil, if we are not receiving some kind of, of pushback against our Christian life, then, then uh, uh, we're not really living the Christian life as we ought to live it. There should be pushback against us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, uh, and, and it is Matthew's uh, rendering of what our text was, says, Blessed are ye when you, men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding gl glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The Apostle John writes in chapter 16, uh, beginning at verse 2 of his gospel, They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things shall they do unto you, because they have not known the Father, nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you." 
there are some things that, that we, we must notice because Jesus said there will be persecution. Paul said all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall co- suffer persecution. We can anticipate as part of our worship we will suffer persecution of some sort. First of all, there's some things that we need to realize. First of all, he said the uh, persecutors don't know me in John uh Chapter 16, Jesus says, they don't know me. That's not to say that some don't profess to to know Jesus Christ. Jesus said that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. I'll say, depart, I never knew you. And so there, there are those that profess, even profess godliness that sometimes will bring persecution against us. Sometimes there will be those even within the church that will will mock the stand that we take for Jesus Christ. And so there is persecution that comes against us, but Jesus says the persecutors do not know God. Not only do they not know Him, but because they do not know Him, there are some of them that actually think they are doing God a favor. Sometimes persecution comes uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of God. Not only was the persecution that took place against Jesus started by uh, uh, the uh, religious leaders, but when we look back in history and we look back to the time of the Reformation, a lot of the, the persecution that took place against men of God were brought on by the established church which at that time was primarily the Catholic Church. And they brought persecution against people for declaring the Word of God and pronounced them as heretics as though they thought they were doing God a favor. There's no greater example than we find in the book of Acts of the Apostle Paul before he came to know Jesus Christ. When he was saw, he was going to... to, take action against the, the Christians and bring and imprison them and, and, and bring about the death of many Christians thinking that he was doing the will of God. That is why it is one of the reasons that it is so important for us to stay in the Word of God because we, if we are not in the Word of God and doing things according to the Word of God, we can find ourselves fighting against God and fighting against truth and thinking the whole time that we are doing God a favor. Then, not only do they assume they please God, But Jesus said, I've told you these things so that it not take you by surprise. So that when the time comes, you'll remember that I told you. We need to be prepared to face persecution. We need to have a made up mind. I remember when I was um, at OBI, I getting harder and harder to remember that far back but I remember I remember of course my freshman year uh, we uh, uh, you know it's my first time away from home like that you know new freedoms and and uh, things went good 
But by my sophomore year, the, the courses started getting harder. It was, uh, you know, same old, same old, humdrum, and, you know. And uh, uh, there was some times that I just was ready to give up and go home. I'm, but I had made up my mind before I ever went. I knew that God's plan for my life was for me to go for four years. And I had already made up my mind before I ever went that that was my intention. And so that kept me in the hard times because I knew that was... And there, there have been, you know, I, I, I use that example because, you know, that's so insignificant looking back on it. And, and so, uh, you know... You don't want to use the illustrations of the, the really tough things that you've gone through in life sometimes and expose yourself to everybody. But, but you, look, you look back, and, and all of us have those times in our life as Christians that we have had to take a stand because we made up our mind far ahead of time. And so it is. Jesus said, there's going to be persecution. And we need to be prepared. And let me tell you, as we look around, we are beginning to see more and more rumblings of persecution in the United States of America that are on the horizon. And if the Lord tarries, we need to have a made-up mind and we need to be prepared to take a stand. We are going to... Let me, t let me just tell you, it is a shame to many of our Pentecostal churches... That in most of the nation, during the pandemic, the lawsuits that were filed against intrusion against churches were not the Pentecostal churches. That, that opened the churches back up. It was a lot of these other denominations that we consider worldly. And yet they were willing to take a stand that we wouldn't sta stand for. You say, well that had nothing to do with persecution of the church. It had to do with we were in a pandemic. Tell that to the people that were separated in their cars, sitting on a parking lot listening to the radio, to the service, and got arrested or, or ticketed or whatever, and they, they, they come against them and they had to file lawsuits against the government because they weren't infecting anybody else. They were separated in their cars listening to their car radio to the service. And they tried to shut it down. We are on the verge of some persecution that we have not known. And we must be prepared for persecution. We find that persecution has taken place. Jesus said there would be persecution. And immediately the persecution began. It was not long until we find in Acts chapter 6 and 7. The first martyr for Jesus Christ, Stephen. And we read about him. All of the apostles suffered persecution. James the Great was uh, uh, martyred and uh, professing himself uh, to be a Christian, he was beheaded. Philip was scourged and thrown into prison and eventually crucified in 54 AD. Matthew was slain uh, uh, in 60 AD in Ethiopia uh, uh, and with an axe blade and a pick 
uh, with a spear on the top. James the Less, uh, at age 94, was beat and stoned by the uh, Jews until his brains were dashed out. Matthias, who was the replacement for, Ju- for Judas, was stoned at Jerusalem and then beheaded. Andrew was crucified on the cross. Peter, uh, it is said, was crucified upside down because he felt he was unworthy to be uh, crucified in the same way the Lord was. Judas, or, or also known as Thaddeus, was crucified in 72 AD. Bartholomew was cruelly beaten and then crucified by impatient idolaters in India. Thomas was thrust through with a spear. Simon, surnamed Zelotes, preached the gospel in Africa and even in Britain and was crucified in 74 AD. Paul was beheaded by Nero and Luke was hanged on a tree by idolatrous priest in Greece. The apostle John was cast into a cauldron of boiling oil. He escaped by miracle without injury and was later banished to the Isle of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. And he is the only apostle of the original apostles to survive a violent death or to avoid a violent death and to die in old age. Polycarp, who became the bishop of Smyrna, later was burned at the stake. When he was asked to recant, he said, Eighty and six years have I served him. And he has never once wronged me. How then shall I blaspheme my king who hath saved me? Throughout history we can look and we find men and women that were burned at the stake. Men and women who were fed to the lions. Men and women. It is said that, that in Nero's courtyards he would take Christians and, and he would... He would uh, uh, roll them in tar and and then light them on fire to use for candles to light his gardens. On through history, even, even to the time, many of the people in the founding of the United States and, and in the colonial area era came to the United or to America to avoid persecution in the countries where they were at. But persecution isn't just a thing of the past. Persecution is something that we deal with in the present. If you've never taken the opportunity to read some of the material from Voice of the Martyrs, I'd encourage you to do so. Sometimes we become insulated in and isolated in America and do not realize the persecution that is going on around the world. And men and women who literally are giving their lives for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But let me, let me rather than focusing on all that's going on around the world, and it is important, let us realize that we are facing persecution in our nation. In research conducted by the Family Research Council, 
It indicates that criminal acts against churches have steadily been on the rise for the past several years. The first quarter of 2023 is no different. It has continued to trend upward. The first three months of 2023 saw approximately three times the number of acts of hostility perpetrated against churches in the same time frame last year. I received a a, uh, link to a news article uh, from Lavana the other day. Uh, I think it was last this past Tuesday. They were in revival at Faith Assembly of God in Texarkana, Arkansas, where Scott's mom and dad attend. And there was a man that came in there that they uh, had to call the police on uh, because of his behavior. Uh, he had guns and ammunition in his truck. They ended up having to mace him to, to uh, get him out of the church and, and arrest him. Uh, uh, there are we, we hear the stories of different churches where people have actually gone in and begin to shoot up the church. It is becoming more and more prevalent. And a lot of times we like to think all of this stuff that's going on, you know, it happens somewhere else. It happens, it happens way off. After all, all of the persecution and the, 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 you know, some of the laws that they've tried to crack down on churches and, and, and they've tried to take away our religious freedom, that happens in these faraway places like, uh, you know, if it does happen in the States, it's somewhere like San Francisco or... or uh, uh, New York, you know, it's on one of the opposite coast. It doesn't happen in our area, right? You know, it's always somewhere else. And if it does come to our state, it's Chicago. We all know that, you know, they're the problem with our state. In 2017, lawsuit was brought against SIU Edwardsville in our backyard because they were restricting religious speech to a very small corner on the campus and you had to have a permit to do it. And uh, in 2018 then they rescinded that. But some of the, just recently there, and I wasn't able to pull up all of the stuff I'd heard about it this past uh, week because uh, the website was down that, uh, for the broadcast that I'd heard it on. But uh, there was some actions taken by the courts on some of that recently and, and favorably so. But uh, there is a restriction that is coming and that is beginning to to tighten up and and right now right now we have seen courts in our nation that have taken a stand and, and and come down on the side of truth but the time is coming that we are going to see more and more persecution against the church and we don't know how long God's going to allow us to have the freedom that we have And we must be ready to stand for truth and carry the gospel no matter what it costs us personally. There are efforts 
being made to intimidate and stop the church. There are efforts being made to intimidate and stop the spread of the gospel in the United States of America. There, was, there has been an effort to turn over all control of the United States, and this has happened by our president, to turn all of the control over of the United States in the... Uh, in the uh, um, uh, possibility of another pandemic to turn all control over to the World Health Organization to make all the decisions about closing of churches and schools and to take it out of the hands of our government and put it in, in the hands of the World Health Organization. This is a real threat to our nation and to our churches. There has been a move and among many of the, 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 in the banking is, industry to implement a social score as well as your credit score to determine whether they will do banking with you, not only giving of loans, but even whether you can have an account. And if you have the wrong belief about homosexuality, if you don't stand for some of the environmental causes, and I'm not talking about just normal, normal taking care of the environment, I'm talking about some of this whacked out global warming stuff that has no basis. If you don't go along with all of that, if you don't go along with all of these, these uh, anti-biblical ideas, then they will lock you out. There have been people that have... have, uh, have had their accounts closed simply because of their beliefs. If that doesn't go far enough, there was recently a, a, a move to create and legislation that try, they have tried to put through, creating digital currency and trying to do away with the currency that we use, and that digital currency is not like what we think of when we think about Bitcoin or some of, some of those kind of things, but it is actually a digital currency that, the, that if, if you are not on the right side of the social agenda, the government would have the power to lock your account. And you could go to the store to buy a loaf of bread and go to pay with your card or with your phone. And when you went to do, it would be locked out because you didn't have... Kind of reminds you of when, when the Bible warns us that there's coming a time during the tribulation that people will not be able to buy or sell unless they take the mark of the beast. And there is a movement to silence Christianity. Don't think for a minute that this isn't a matter of spiritual warfare. And so we are seeing persecution on the horizon like we've never seen before. We talked about persecution as far as the fact that it is promised. And we've been talking about here the fact of persecution being performed. 
But could I say there is a privilege to persecution? First Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 19, the Bible says, For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it? When ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well, ye suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth. Who when He was reviled, reviled not again. When He suffered, He threatened not, but committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously. First of all, Jesus said, Blessed are ye when ye are persecuted for righteousness' sake. When we are persecuted for doing what's right. It may not be persecution to the, to the extent, though it has been with some. There have been those who have lost their jobs. There have been those who have lost their income. I'm thinking of the coach that got fired uh, from his job for praying. I'm thinking of, of the baker that lost his business but, and his business was closed because he refused to bake a, a wedding cake for a homosexual wedding. And there are a number of things like that. Sometimes persecution comes in that extent, but sometimes it's not quite as harsh as that. We have probably all experienced times when you did what you knew was right and there were people who were critical of you and people that you thought were your friends and people that you thought should be on your side. Sometimes even people that you went to church with that, that belittled you for taking a stand for Jesus Christ and for doing what is right. And it's not easy sometimes. But Jesus said, blessed are ye when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. It is part of our worship to receive persecution when we do what is right according to the word of God. When we stand on the truth of his word. Verse 20, there in 1 Peter chapter 2. He says, in essence, it's not persecution if we've done wrong and we receive a reprimand. We're not being persecuted if we get pulled over for speeding and get a ticket. That's not persecution. It's not, you know, sometimes we're quick to claim persecution when we don't follow the rules. It's not, persecution is not when we simply, because God has ordained government. But the apostles said, we must obey God rather than man. It is when government 
or when people come in conflict with the Word of God and we have to stand with the Word of God, that is when it is persecution. Not only are we blessed when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake, but we are to follow the example of Jesus Christ. Probably many of you have read, maybe most of you, the Christian classic by Charles Sheldon in his steps. If you've not read that book, it is a book well worth taking time to read it. It is based on this passage in 1 Peter. Where he says, Because Christ also suffered, leaving us an example that ye should follow in His steps. And it tells about a town in this book where revival began to take place because people began to ask themselves, what would Jesus do? And it's become a, a, a kind of a, a, a trend. You know, you go into a uh, a Christian bookstore, and they'll have have all kinds of uh, of bracelets and bookmarkers and, and and necklaces and everything that says WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But like so many scriptures, we take it out of context. You know, and a lot of times we ask ourselves that without. Thinking, but when Peter is saying, follow in his steps, he's talking about Jesus suffered and was persecuted and gave his life. And he's saying, we're to follow in his steps. It's a whole nother situation when we're talking about following in His steps and taking a stand that is going to cost us everything. We have been blessed To live in a nation that was founded on Christian principles. But the tide is changing. And the time could come sooner than any of us think that we may have everything we own confiscated or be cast into prison or jail. Or who knows what we may have to suffer for taking a stand for Jesus Christ. Now, the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians to speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean that we go out and, and, and we, just, we just stir up and invite persecution. But just standing for truth alone is going to cost us something. And we are to follow the example. You know what the example of Christ is? 
He suffered persecution, but he said, though he was reviled, he reviled not again. As persecution comes, and we see an increase in persecution, that does not mean we retaliate and fight against our persecutors. We are to pray for those that despitefully use us, the Bible tells us. The Apostle Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 12, in verse 14, Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. We're to do good to them that do evil to us. He goes on in verse 19 and says, Dear beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. We are to endure persecution without retaliation. And then we are to worship. 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is trying you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And their uh, part He is evil spoken of, but on your part He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. We can rejoice in persecution. Acts chapter 5 verse 41 says, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. We are to glorify God. And then as we glorify God in our persecution and we rejoice in times of persecution, it becomes a witness to the world. Going back to 1 Peter again in chapter 3, he says, And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer righteousness, or for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of the terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit.
in his devotional Jesus in Red, Ray Comfort writes of Jesus' words comparing the wise man and the foolish man who built their house upon the rock and upon the sand, respectively. He says, he's not just talking to whether or not we're Christians, but he is talking about even as Christians building on a firm foundation. And he says, tribulation often comes to us as a curveball and reveals our vulnerability. Despite our efforts to fortify ourselves against unexpected storms, that's why we must always and only build our lives on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and His wonderful teachings. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. Lord, help us to apply it to our hearts, our lives, that we might be prepared to stand when we are attacked by the enemy. In Jesus' name we pray. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at foundationsofpentecost.com.